the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out alone Riders on the storm There's a killer on the road His brain is squirming like a toad Take a long holiday Let your children play If you give this man a ride Sweet family will die Killer on the road Alright, this is Gordon Montanus the name of the show is called American Honor. It's brought to you by RBN. The call-in number is 1-800-313-9443. Uh, we're going to deviate uh, on uh, the subject matter today in our show. Normally, what I like to talk about is corruption in, in uh, local, state, and, and federal government. And uh, well, this is a form of corruption. And uh, today I'm going to pick on the, uh, the news media, the, the, the worldwide news media, for which nowadays you don't know what is truth, what is fiction, what is fake, what is real, and you have to explore other avenues, explore other uh, research sources to find out uh, what's uh, really going on. And uh, we definitely had some uh, news in the last week or so, especially with the hurricanes uh, causing uh, so much damage and, and destruction and death. Uh, but we're, if, you, if you really look at the news, it's like, I'll take, uh, Frank, uh, for example, CNN. Uh, there are about, oh, I would say maybe six different shots of uh, CNN on the, and their reporters, uh, you know, braving the uh, rains and the winds, and uh, uh, six different shots, the same tri the same street, and after a while you get to hear the same uh, rhetoric uh, from the uh, the newscaster there. Uh, yes, here we see we're seeing lots of debris in the street, lots of debris in the streets, but what we're not seeing is the actual destruction of, uh, of what this hurricane and this wind and this rain is doing. That's, I guess, uh, what I miss, uh, other than the fact that uh, these news agencies, they run the same thing over and over again, and they expect you to believe that uh, this is like new coverage. Now it's live, and uh, we're still talking about the debris in the streets. And the same street, only this time it's from a different angle. It's, uh, I hate to be patronized like that and uh, have uh, people uh, repeat themselves uh, over and over again. And then uh, when it gets played back again, uh, well, you know, you're, you're listening to the same thing. So uh, they cover it uh, uh, maybe for a couple hours and then... Uh, maybe six different locations, and then that's it. They don't uh, move around. They don't uh, uh, check with other sources. Uh, uh, 
you know, bring in new uh, new streams. Uh, it, it bothers me when I see this, and like they're trying to get away with something, and that uh, nobody's going to notice. Well, I notice everything, and I uh, I remember everything that's said. I'm expecting uh, my buddy Doug Fantasi to call in. Uh, as luck would have it, he uh, moves down to Jacksonville uh, a couple of months ago and is living in Florida, and so he got to experience this firsthand. And that's basically what I wanted to uh, discuss with him, is like the, the man on the street. And uh, he has uh, some different uh, stories to tell. And uh, I hope uh, you all enjoy it. And remember, the call-in number is 1-800-313-9443. And I'm going to keep him on the air with me. If anybody wants to come on in and call in and ask a question about what really went on in Florida and what really uh, the organizations that were supposed to help uh, didn't really help all that much. And uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll get some insight into this. So, anyway, uh, Doug, are you, are you on the line? I'm here. All right. So, uh, uh, lucky you, you moved down to Jacksonville, Florida a couple months ago, and uh, then all of a sudden you ran into these hurricanes. Uh, what do you think about that? I'm thinking that I'm going to find someplace else to live, probably after the lease is up. But hope springs eternal, Gordon. Oak Springs Eternal? What is yes, that? Uh, maybe I'll change my mind, but to move here on August 4th and then to be subjected to uh, uh, the hurricane, what was it, September 11th? <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm not oh. used to this kind of stuff. So I was like, well, this is, you know, usually I lived in New York, I lived in Virginia, and hurricanes were coming. There were storms by then. They weren't hurricanes. So, you know, you, you, you kind of deal with it. But I never saw this this. Uh, uh, the way the infrastructure here is in Florida, where there are storms and then the power goes out. And the power goes out for, for a week at a time, sometimes longer, depending where you are. And I remember telling somebody recently, I said, you know, I was, I was living in, in New York when the big blackout occurred, where the big power grid blew and everything. You remember when that was? What year? God, I think it was in the late 70s. I was living, wow. I, wasn't, I wasn't in high school, so it had to be. I was going to grammar school, so it had to be like the late 70s. And I remember just being home. I was taking care of my brother and sister. And I'm, I couldn't have been more than eight or something like that. And all the lights go out. We're all in a panic. Like, what the hell's going on? You know, and my parents, one of them comes running home and, you know, I was okay. But the power came on within 24 hours. I mean, that wiped out the whole eastern seaboard. Here in Florida, they wind up, uh, they wind up, you know, you get these storms and then, the power goes out, and I was. Somebody explained to me that Florida still has their power cables above ground. So if trees go down, they take out the lines, and everything starts to go. Whereas, for instance, in Houston, they laid the cables underground. So even though you had all that flooding, the power was eventually be able to restore it pretty quick. But like I said, uh -huh. Florida here, they were talking well over almost two weeks before the power was going to go out, and. I remember sitting there, what, for two days in the dark, and my food's going bad, and I'm like, oh, whatever. And I said, you know what, and, and I heard some congressman uh, from Florida being interviewed, and he said, oh, no, the power won't be on until the 21st. And I'm looking at it, and it's like the 13th. I'm going, I'm out. I'll see you later. 
people I made with plane reservations to go visit a friend in California, and like within 24 hours, the power came on. And I'm like, oh. Well, I got to go to California, so it wasn't a bad trip. But uh, So you, you know, were people, able to get an airplane out of uh, Jacksonville? Commerce has a way of correcting a lot of things. And probably about, I think I left the 14th. So that was enough time for them to get the airlines running up and running again. I see. So, I see. Were there a, a lot of people at the airport? Yeah, well, there was. I mean, I left pretty early, so. But uh-huh. you know, there, there was there was no uh, uh, where I was in Jacksonville. There wasn't a problem. There wasn't a problem by the airport. Uh, you know, if you were down by the beaches, in Jacksonville beaches, there was flooding there. Uh, downtown Jacksonville, the river overflowed, so downtown Jacksonville got quite a bit of water. I mean, they were doing water rescues down in the hood in Jacksonville. In the hood? What do you mean, downtown? Yeah, in, in the lower-income neighborhoods down there. I see. And I wound up volunteering, and I went to, uh, I volunteered for the Red Cross, and I went down on the 12th, and I worked at a uh, an evacuation shelter for like 12 hours. And, right. uh, you know, I was rather, I was rather put off by the end of... Why is that? Well, the Red Cross, for all their bluster, how they're there for people and do this and do that. You know, I get there, and they they don't tell the people from the Red Cross that are already working, hey, we have somebody who volunteered. They'll be here at 7. This is the person saying, I just come walking in, and I say, you know, they had the National Guard there, so I say, how you doing? They go, okay, yeah, sure. And then I go to see the Red Cross representative. It's a woman, and she's like, you know, she's almost hugging me, saying, oh, my God, thank God you're here. I've been here for, like, 38 hours. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you got to be kidding me. No, it was no relief. So she stayed, like, I, I, it was almost two days there. So from the 11th and into the 12th, when I showed up at 7 p.m., she was already, you know. And the shelter, they have what's called a shelter manager. So that's the guy that oversees the operation. He took off sometime during the 11th and went back home to his family. And he was a Navy pilot, nice man. But he's like, I got to go check on my family. I got to get home before a certain time. So he left her. So she was manning the fort by herself. I, well, maybe there was one person during the day. But this gal was pretty much, that was it for long stretches. And, uh, you know, I was talking to her. And, and you find out after a while the Red Cross didn't support the shelter. They, they, you know, I had to, uh, the Red Cross makes you go through a background investigation before you work for them. So I did that. Uh-huh. That took about half a day to get that cleared. And then they have a training video. Basically, it was a seminar that they had filmed. And they said, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what you expect. These will be forms. And this will be all there waiting for you. And, I, you know, you have a sense before you go down. You go, oh, this is going to be a first-class operation. I hope I can, you know, hope it can help. I and mean, this is going to be this and that. And I get there, and it's just one girl. And I'm like, oh, boy. And then I find out that she's an employee of the city of Jacksonville. And I guess what the city did was they paid her to go work there. So she was there. I don't think she got overtime, but she got her, her regular salary from they, by being there. And I think that's what they did. So that's how they, they kind of got around staffing it, like having to pay people. And then they, they would rely on, on volunteers like myself. And then you get, and it's like I said, I'm there and I'm finding out that they, they haven't been replenishing, like, food and drinks to the people. They got a couple of cases of water, but that's it. Uh, you know, people are hungry. They, they, 
they brought meals in early and that was it. Uh, then they, you know, they have like a, uh, like a Rubbermaid tub and it's supposed to have all these forms that you need to fill out and, and all sorts of things. And then they were telling me, no, it's not filled properly. Like they never went back and replenished it when it wasn't a hurricane. They just kind of left it the way it was. And they tossed it to them and these people, you know, you know, like, wow, this is not what I expected. And the girl went home, the shelter manager showed up, and we worked, you know, about nine, ten hours. And by the morning, the guy's like, you don't have to stay. And finally, I was like, you know what, I'm not staying. So I left at about 7.30 in the morning, and I went home. And I was supposed to go to another shelter. And I was like, you know what, I, I didn't like this. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do this again. And then... Uh, what kind of services company, were you able to provide to these uh, homeless people? You would try to... You know, you had to sign them in. You'd give them bottles of water. They had blankets that looked like the cargo blankets when you rent a U-Haul truck and you'd give it to them. But they uh-huh. never had enough. They never had enough. So they would just, if somebody left, they would just take the blanket back. And if somebody came and asked for a blanket, you would give them the blanket and tell them it's used. So there wasn't any kind of, you know. So I, I, I didn't expect it from this organization. I expected a little bit more class. And How about sanitation uh, facilities? They were good, but that was provided by the city. So the city actually had city employees that were like janitors. They were cleaning the toilets for before the night shift started, let's say after 8 or 9. Then they went home. But they were actually there cleaning. It wasn't the Red Cross. It was the, it was the city. Huh. It was pro- it was, so it was probably part of their uh, disaster plan to do that and use whatever resource, and I completely understand that. Uh, but, you know, for the Red Cross to be running things, and you're just throwing people in there, and you really haven't taught them anything, and there's nobody there that's experienced to explain to them how to handle this or how to handle that. You know, you, you're just kind of like, well, this is <laughs> this reminds me of my days in ATF. I <laughs> like, well, you know, that's why I retired. So I, I looked around, uh. Uh, and I said, well, that, that's enough for me. And then, of all things, I'm in California, and somebody calls me and says, hey, I'd like you to, you want to volunteer again? Hey, we got some shelters that are still open. And I said, hey, you know what? And I told the guy the story, and I said, I'm not going back to that. I was very disappointed. And they give you the old, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, that's going to make it all better. And, you know, and I said, well, uh, maybe I'll help you, but I'm not doing that. So we worked out some other job. And then the guy says, well, when can you help? And I said, well, I'm in California. Um, I'll be flying back, I think, what it was, the, the 21st. Well, how about the 22nd? I'm like, I'm flying. <laughs> I'm in, uh, you know, I'm, I had to take two connecting flights to get back. It's like a 13-hour trip, and you think I'm just going to jump into this thing the next day. And I don't know why, but I said yes. But then I got robocalls by Red Cross about every five to six hours. And it would be an alert that if I was working in Orlando on the 17th, I need to report to this hotel. And I was like, I'm not coming to work on the Orlando. I'm on the West Coast. I'm getting these messages. I'll tell you, by by about the uh, the, the 17th or the 18th, well, the 18th or something, I was done because these things were going on constantly for several days beforehand. I think I got to the point where I blocked the number. And I was like, it, you know, and then I got an email, I think the day or two after I got back, and it said, hey, uh, would you like, how was your experience? And I was like, ones I gave them and then they said would you ever do this you want to do this again and I'm like no thank you and then I never heard from them again which is probably better for both of us so you know it was 
it was not what I expected. Uh, what was I doing there? I, you know, there are there was a number that FEMA had that you could either go online or you could do phone calls, and they would help people to get like a stipend of money to to get them like if they needed to stay at a hotel for a couple of days, they would come up with something, and you had to give certain information and. This one gal that I worked with, with the, from the city, she actually got the number from somebody. I don't know how she got it. But she would go around trying to tell people, listen, you can get something. You're, you're, you're not completely on your own. And we had one person walk away with it. And, and there was one woman, she spoke Chinese primarily. She had been evacuated by, I guess, the fire department in a boat. And she never, uh, uh, so, you know, she's try- the, the girl is trying to get this, this woman to, you know, get with FEMA and get some money. And the woman doesn't speak English, she speaks Chinese. Well, they actually, like, FEMA tracked down somebody that spoke her dialect. And so they were able to converse with her and say, look, this is what it's going to be. And for whatever reason, the woman decides, no, I don't want to do this, and walked away. And the girl was looking at me like, you know, well, why is she not doing this? And I looked at her, I go, I bet you she's not documented. That would be my guess. Because they were asking oh, for yeah. birthday and stuff like that. You know, so they don't have what they had in Katrina where they were giving out gift cards and people are going to strip clubs and buying champagne and stuff like that. So I think they got their act together since then. And, and you know, I had to tell the girls, sometimes you got to let them go, pal. They, that's what they want to do. That's how they want to live. But, uh, you know, you wind up with some people that are, you, know, you have homeless people that kind of go in there and you get some people that are a little off, you know, and you kind of put up with them and, and some of them are just constantly talking, and they don't stop. And then the Red Cross will tell you, get up and walk away and, you know, get clear your head. And I know this is going to be stressful because you're basically they're asking you to be like grief counselors. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and you know, I have to I have to admit that my, my needle is kind of good, close to E with that. So I was like, you know, after the same person telling the story for four hours, you're like, okay, that's enough. But that's, you know... That was, that so you uh, you weren't very impressed with the way the Red Cross was handling this thing, eh? No. And of all things, a couple of days later, a friend of mine who was a police officer in um, in New York City after after the planes in September 11, she was doing a foot post for like 12 hours, stuff like that. And, was, and the Red Cross comes wandering by, and one of these aid workers tells her, Hey, listen, if you see the out-of-towners, tell them they can go to some particular hotel. That's where they can check in and do this and do that. And my friend is just, you know, her, her fun meter was pegged, and she starts yelling at the person, calling, I've been out here for 12, 13 hours, and you're more worried about the, the people that are coming in to help than the people that are here helping? What kind of organization is this? My feet are soaking wet. You can't even give me a pair of dry socks, and I can continue working and this and that. And then, you know, the... The, uh, the Red Cross worker just goes, says to her, I think you're having a, a, a moment, so I'm going to leave you alone. And the person ran away, and I think a half hour later, they gave him a pair of dry socks. Uh. <laughs> yeah. One of those ones that you can appreciate as a uniformed officer that I can, but that was, uh, you know, so you know, whenever, friends, whenever you see these news agencies uh, and they, they see uh, certain... Uh, Organizations that are in there for the relief of these homeless people, and and uh, you know everything is good. Uh, life is good. So, all right, we're going to take a break. Uh, stay on the line, Doug. Okay. Okay. 
we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. And knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for... Number is 1-800-313-9443. We got Doug Fantasi on the line. We're talking a little bit about the reality of um, uh, disaster areas and uh, the relief and the organizations that uh, you might expect to do uh, a little bit more than uh, uh, what they're being reported to doing. So, Doug, let me ask you this: uh, If I, uh, I've never been in anything like this. I've never. I even experienced a uh, power outage, and I'm 67. What would I expect, at least from your experience? Uh, I'd get, a, I'd go to a shelter, and uh, let's say the the power, the water's the water's off, everything's off in my uh, in my house, and uh, I just need some food and I need some water, and uh, maybe a place to lay down and a blanket. Would I get that? Like from the place that you went to, and this was a shelter, uh, a Red Cross 
uh, established shelter, correct? It's they, uh, yeah, they take over. You know, like the uh, in this case, for instance, the school district or the city gave them school buildings to use. Mm -hmm. They said, okay, we'll we'll allow you use these shelters. We'll support you with this, this, and this. But it came to a point when I was sitting there that some of the school people were coming in saying, look, the school board wants this thing up and running. Uh, let's see, so the, the storm hit on a Monday. I was there on Tuesday into Wednesday. I think they wanted the school open by Thursday morning. So this show school, was going to Wait a minute, the school yeah. open for what? So for, for classes. So they, okay. were, they, were going, they were going full steam ahead. They were going to have classes by Thursday, and or maybe Friday. And what happened was they needed, they wanted a full day to go in there and sanitize the place mm -hmm. before the children were, could come in. And this was a grade school, and they the were and, and there was a policewoman who just started, you know, she just started barking and she wasn't caring who heard it. And she's like, "Yeah, this place is closing on Wednesday, and this is going to happen." Yeah, yeah, and. And she was just saying, it's like, I'm talking to you in, in broad daylight. And, you know, I'm looking at her, I'm going, you, you need to be quiet. You know, I, I was like, the lack of uh, tact was just pleasing. And then after she left, some of the people that were staying there were running up to us going, what are we going to do? If this place closes, I, I can't get to my home. My home is flooded. Or my apartment's been flooded out. I can't get back in there. And, we're, you know, we're there we are telling them, look, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. What we'll probably do is move you from this location to another location, and, and we'll do this. But people were, you know, to see the fear in some of these people's eyes was, was very uh, very sobering. Yeah, I guess so. Desperate. The desperation, you can see it. You can feel it. You know, but President you know Trump... That, yeah. President Trump yeah, was know, taking a hell of a beating uh, for Puerto Rico's uh, belief that he's not doing enough and he's not doing it fast enough. What's your take on that? Unfortunately, I've seen over... And we'll go with... Hurricane Katrina and then work our way forward. And okay. that, by all accounts, was a terrible planning by FEMA. It, 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 was, it was bad all the way down, not just the federal government. It all the way, went all the way down to the local government, like, you know, the mayor of, Louis, of New Orleans. They, you know, they would talk about at that time uh, disaster preparedness and, and you know, a uh, uh, risk management plan. How are we going to take care of this if the levees break? And, and you know, how are we going to move the people? And they didn't do anything. And so there you found they had buses that the mayor didn't have put into service where they could have transported the people north of New Orleans and they could have brought them to place. They didn't do it. And then the buses wound up being underwater and they were no good. Um, people didn't have anywhere to go. The civilian government wasn't out in front telling, okay, everybody, if the storm hits, you can go here, go here, go here. And everybody just started showing up at the Superdome. And that turned into what it turned into. I mean, people were dead for a day. They, nobody picked them up. Uh, people were getting assaulted in the Superdome. Uh, there were rapes. People were having, you know, it was just, it was a nightmare. And I remember... Well, I remember this. It sounds, like we're going to it sounds like we're going to another break. Stay on the line, Doug. I want to continue this discussion.
You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Hey, honey, I'm home. I grabbed a newspaper on the way home. Look at all the news today. Don't you know that all you're going to get in the newspaper is propaganda, twisted news, and false information? Honey, this is a national newspaper. It has to be true. Ha! For some reason, the majority of the population believe anything the mainstream media tells them. The newspaper doesn't give out the important attention of what's happening to this country and news that affects our daily lives. Say, does that newspaper mention anything about the North American Union? No, not that I can see. I didn't think so. You need to go to www.newswithviews.com, where truth is more important than political correctness. That's www.newswithviews.com. Hey, don't throw that away. We can use that in the birdcage. Okay, move over. Let me start reading newswithviews.com. The truth? Read all about it at newswithviews.com. Newswithviews.com, where reality shatters illusion. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. This product is superb. I have been taking it for about a year now, and I can feel my cardiovascular system run like a Swiss watch. I definitely recommend this product for anyone that has high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and heart palpitations, A+. It's potent, but it works. I have been waking up for the past three years with numb hands, and a week into using Extendivite, my numb hand seemed to have cleared up. My circulation was off, and now it's back on track. So I'm happy. I feel so energized, and I have my husband on it now. My mother-in-law has cholesterol problems, so I bought her a bottle as well. Thank you so much. Love the product. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. I'm getting older and noticing that my body just doesn't work as well as it used to. So I like to keep fit as possible by hitting the gym a few times a week. Recently, I started having a nagging bicep pain and it got so bad I couldn't even lift the weights. When I was complaining about it to a friend, he told me about Angioprim. He said chelation helps remove toxins heavy metals, and cholesterol in veins and arteries that may cause blockages. You know, after just one week of taking Angioprim, the pain was gone, and now I'm back in the gym full strength. Scientific research proves the active ingredient in Angioprim has superior oral chelation action that helps promote cardiovascular health. So to learn more, go to Angioprim.com. That's A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M.com. Or talk to a trained consultant. Call Angioprim toll-free at 877 You'll feel better with more energy. Call 877-882-7221 or go to the website, angioprim.com. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield tactical bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more, plus magful clips and magazines. 
I know I've got you excited. So take a breath, head to aroutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at aroutfitting.com. This is Gordon Martinez. The show is called American Honor, brought to you by RBN, 1-800-313-9443. Call in and uh, uh, give us your two cents uh, with regards to the way uh, our federal government has handled uh, uh, rescue aid uh, to, uh, to some of our, par- uh, our people. You know, before we go far, uh, any further in the Katrina... I want to ask you something. I saw a clip. It was just very brief, very brief, like maybe uh, seven seconds. And it showed the uh, usual suspects uh, looting a Target uh, department store. And allegedly, this is supposed to be in uh, Florida somewhere. And uh, that's all you see. I've heard the word looting used twice in all the uh, news broadcasts that I've listening to uh, with regards to uh, Florida and the hurricanes and just twice but nobody expanded upon it nobody said anything about it and it hasn't been mentioned since uh, what's your take on that I think it's I've seen if it's a clip that I think you're referring to with the uh, a certain group of people carrying like sneakers out of a footlocker or some kind of sporting goods store I think it's a certain ethnic group, and they don't want to play that too many times because it would uh, it would bring it would cast a certain group in a bad light, which is unfair. But that's I think that's what would happen if you did it like in a normal news cycle when you were playing some gaff about the president. They would show it every four minutes, and I think that they kind of uh, I agree that they suppressed it. They didn't give it the play that I think other times they would have. I mean, isn't this in the, like a public's interest to know that uh, um, department stores and, and retail stores are are uh, are being uh, subjected to this type of activity? And you notice I'm very careful, as I don't want to say anything about race or color or ethnic origin or nothing, because God forbid I'd be I'd be called a racist too. But I don't know if I can be called a racist or not because I'm Mexican. So I don't know. Can, can I can I be called a racist, or is that uh, reserved sure. only for the white folks? Oh no, that's that's a label now that the people on the left like to call anybody that says something they don't like. So now it's lost its effectiveness. But yes, that that's usual the term. If oh. you say it, you're you're responsible for doing this, that's racist. You're like, why is that racist? And they can't yeah. explain it, but they call you that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Oh well, that, uh, that's uh, you learn something new every day. I didn't think I yeah. could be called a racist. So, oh, well, sure you can. Well, you know, well, well then what good is it? What they good find is something it? else. Yeah, they, well. They, it's like when you arrested somebody and you loaded up on charges. And you knew a lot of them were going to get thrown out, but you put it all on them. So that's when they start with the, you're a racist and a misogynist and a homophobe and an Islamophobe. And this one. So they, they, they stack the charges on you and you have to try and get out of all of them. I see. Well, that's very disappointing. 
and you think all, all the news, uh, well, it seems like it is because you don't even heard that word looting. And I'm sure that there was uh, looting going on. I mean, no, uh, you didn't. My God. Well, yeah. it, it, in Texas, I don't think you had that kind of looting. You had a little bit of shenanigans, but in that state, they, they kind of they don't tolerate that, and neither do the citizens, and the uh, gun ownership helps to keep that, that down a lot. Right. Well, you know, I was down in the L.A. area when uh, the Watts riots uh, started, yep. and I'm, yep. my God, I'm surprised that that city just didn't get burned down to the ground. And especially with all the looting. Do you remember the one clip they had of, it was at a Korean grocery store, and the crowds were marching on the grocery store, and you saw some of the clerks, uh, the uh, the workers there, they were Korean, They were, some of them were up on the roof with rifles, keeping the looters at bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as a friend pointed yeah. out to me, in Korea, you know, military service is mandatory. So all of those guys running around there with rifles, they'd all had plenty of army training. <laughs> oh, yeah, there were probably half of them, half of them were within the Arvan in, in uh, you know, Vietnam. Who knows? Yeah, well, well they, they, they had some training. So they were out there on the roof shooting and moving and keeping them off. And, and you know, it, it's, a, it's a, a terrible side effect. They looted in Katrina. I mean, the water's up to their waist, and you see people carrying out television, stuff like that. They were you know, rescuing I, I, it. Weren't they rescuing the TV? They're rescuing the floodwaters. Yeah, yes, no TV left behind. I think it's it's someplace in it's in one of Mrs. Clinton's books. Right. Well, even the cops were doing it in that uniform. Too. That was a breakdown. That goes back to Katrina. A breakdown in civilian government. They had no risk management plan. They had no plan for what that happened. And when it it crashed, it crashed hard. And that's what you see now with FEMA the government, and they're pushing this down, that the states have to have plans for a catastrophe. And now they even push it down to the private citizens. So going back to what do you do, Gordon, if you've got to go to a shelter, the first thing they're going to tell you to do is make sure you have your own supply of food, water, and maybe a, a generator so you can get, do something. And there, right. There's a lot of it now. It's individual responsibility. And then you see Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico is not prepared. They can say whatever they want, and they're criticizing the president, they should have done this, and I guess they should have drones flying by, and like in you know the old World War II movies where skids are being dropped, you know, from C-130s water. You know, it's a mountain. It, it, it's the roads were impassable. I, one of my old supervisors, he's out there now. It took him at least 14 hours to get out there. They were kicked off. How come so long? Because they got kicked off two planes. The FBI sent a plane for them to go, and they were waiting to get on, but apparently. They couldn't go to Puerto Rico because they didn't weren't classified as a humanitarian mission, so the FAA didn't allow them to fly in. And then they had to go and try and get on a Customs Border Patrol supply plane. They got on one, and then they got kicked off. And I think my supervisor and knew, somebody at work had knew somebody in Customs Border Patrol, so they were able to work out getting a plane. They were finally able to, and they had skids of water and everything. They had to take it off the plane, and they had to reload it, and then they had to fly out there. What, what was the problem there? The bureaucracy or what? I think it was bureaucracy because you had to schedule. These guys weren't on like uh, um, they, they they couldn't get classified. I don't explain it. They were going out to try and look for ATF employees that were they couldn't find. They couldn't get a hold of. So they were going out there to try and help. And they, for whatever reason, they couldn't get 
They couldn't get a flight. When, they, when you try to go fly on these government flights, if there's a, somebody else that has higher priority, you get kicked off no matter what. So they were trying to piggyback on a flight, and they got caught at least twice. Well, who would get priority in a, in a situation like this with this kind of disaster? Well, in that case, if they had been classified a humanitarian mission, they were bringing food in for the for the people or something like that, and I, I couldn't give you as complete an answer as I think you're looking for, then that right. flight itself would have been classified as humanitarian or military, and then they would have been able to go, but they weren't. Okay. Because of, because of the problems, they start regulating who can come in. Because you don't want to see a bunch of Geraldo Rivera's, not that I've been bad about them, but you don't want to see people just going showing up out there on their own. They're trying to fly in commercially, or they're hiring private planes to come in to the airports. Then you'd wind up with a with a bigger disaster scene. All right, we're going to take one of our callers, Alan uh, from South Carolina. Are you on the line? Hello. Hello, Alan. I thought I might have lost you there. I've been having a lot of phone trouble here today. But we're on, uh -huh. okay? Is that we're right? On. We're on. Well, at the risk of sounding like Michael Rivero in Republic's uh, advertising spiel lately, is there anybody who's surprised by the propaganda mill attacking Trump over the opportunity in the Puerto Rican hurricane? I mean, I could have written the script myself. I said, well, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. His heart's not in it. He's a racist. Right. Blah, blah, I mean, blah. Uh, I mean, are we surprised? Good grief, folks. No, no I don't think anybody's surprised, but they... Well, you know, like, like say, uh, uh, we could have written the script ourselves. Uh, a lot of people say, say it's amazing. Let's quit saying it's amazing and start saying it's predictable. But uh, going back to something more detailed and serious, there's a thing in any organization, especially military and government, called the chain of command. Now, the person at the top, in this case the President of the United States, his job is to decide on where and what will be done. Either we'll give maximum effort or we'll direct a maximum effort somewhere else. Evidently, they've directed a maximum effort to the possibility of putting the stuff in position there on the de on the docks and the places where they were told that to deliver it and somewhere down the chain of command somebody will have to decide how it's distributed just for example i'm a veteran of the vietnam army so we used to have a helicopter i know you've seen them on footage you might not know the name of them those twin uh engine or twin wing big helicopters which they're called chinooks yes uh-huh well you know it was not unusual for us to see one of those flying over with a 155 howitzer underneath it delivered someplace in the bushes where it was needed a steel container is much less heavy than a 155 howitzer mostly just sheet metal and filled with water and clothing and food and things like that. So it's a snap. And somebody at the colonel or brigadier general line down the, down the line should have said, wait a minute, Puerto Ricans' uh, plans are, uh, and their infrastructure is such a mess, we're going to have to get some Chinooks in here and find some delivery points, some drop zones, some rally points not the president's job to do that in advance. His job to uh, 
This direction. Give the overall directions. He's done a good job of that. Now, whoever's at FEMA and are down the chain of command and not seen a solution to the problem, I don't know whether he was appointed by, they were appointed by Trump or Obama. Sounds to me more like some of this Obama garbage. Right. You and that mayor from the San Juan, and she's obviously a partisan politician. I'm sure she applauded when they had the cartoon of Trump's head amputated. Oh, yeah. If you remember that one. So, you know, I mean, just yeah. see through all that. Oh, he doesn't care. He's insensitive. This is genocide. See, what That's I can't great. understand, uh, Ellen, is here we have all this technology. Here you have these Puerto Rican people all complaining that they can't even use their cell phones. Okay, they can't use their cell phones to, to at least call back to their relatives back in the states or somewhere else. Let them know they're okay. So for several days, nobody's got a cell phone that works. And we have that technology, don't we? Have some kind of technology where we can drop some like a temporary cell tower in the middle of the whole damn place and give everybody cell phone service? Or do we have yes. to build it from scratch? Gosh, I no, don't know. My have... computer's been off for about 15 years. I just got it hooked back up, so I'm not really qualified. No. I do know something like about it. the military. You call for, or ask for callers, so I said, wait a minute. Here's the problem. It's the propaganda and the chain of command is falling down. Right. So, uh, you know, Doug, uh, what do you have to say about I hope that? that's a helpful idea, a yeah. useful idea of some sort. So, uh, yeah. that was my whole yeah. opinion on the subject. Well, thank you, you for coming in. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Doug, what do you think about uh, this uh, thing about a temporary cell tower? Don't we have anything like that to, that would make everybody's phone work that we could drop in there? They have they have portable cell towers. They used to do that when Obama would go out to Martha's Vineyard because cell service was very limited. So they would bring out these portable cell towers so that they could, you know, do business or do government oh. business so the president could stay connected. So they can, but you don't know what they, you, you don't know what the government of Puerto Rico had laid out for plans. I mean, FEMA can show up and go, okay, where are we going to lay these plans out? You know, where we have the supplies, how do we get them? And what you're finding is, uh, you know, and, and they keep bringing, you know, I've seen, I think it's the mayor of San Juan is bringing up how, you know, they're not getting supported and we're an island. And, and that's what they keep bringing up, that, yes, you had the flooding in Houston and you had people coming over from Louisiana and other places with boats and helping. You had that in Miami. I mean, you had that in Florida. People were coming out with boats of their own and helping. And they're like, well, nobody's here to help us. We're an island unto itself. Well, then you need to be able to be prepared. And the federal government usually squeezes these. They, they try to put pressure on them to, like, have a disaster plan. And I'm sure they'll help them. They call them and say, listen, I need help with this. Uh, but you learned, you saw what happened in Katrina, and it didn't happen in Houston. Well, it, it, and Houston could have been avoided. Apparently, they had a civil engineer on, I think it was Fox, and that guy had been involved in a plan to help mitigate if, if they had flooding like they did and what they had to do with the uh, sewer systems and how they could build it to mitigate the problem, and they never did it. And the engineer was jumping up and down. He was angry because I told them that back, you know, 10 years ago. I said, this was going to happen. This is what you should have done. And they didn't do it. They didn't spend the money. Uh, so a lot of this comes down to your, federal, your local government. The federal government can show up with, with helicopters, like that gentleman said, Chinooks, and drop stuff off. You're absolutely right. They should. But you've got no way to drop them off. And, and a lot of it has to come to the, this, the local government. If they're not prepared, this is what you see. 
And, I, you know, like I said, I've listened to some of the stories, too. That, you know, they, people show up at these FEMA-designated areas, and then there's not enough supplies. I, I don't know why that happened. Uh, I'm not sure, but I know the roads are blocked. I mean, let's face you know, uh, some, of that, that, some of that people living in mountain terrain, how are you going to get up there and get them? And maybe you do do the, uh, the airdrops and, and, and drop stuff down or, you know. Uh, you got to be creative at something like this. But I'm, I'm not sure why the delay took. But remember, you had two storms in a row. So you got people scrambling around to try, and they covered this one. Everybody was ready for the first one. They were ready for the second one. I, I, I can't explain why they didn't have stuff. Maybe it was just not practical to have an aircraft carrier sitting there in the storm's path. So you had to wait until it passed in order to do it. And they tried to evacuate people off the island, and the people that couldn't leave had to hunker down. That's what happened. I, I, you know, it's always the aftermath. The after-action report will show you where everything went wrong. You uh, bring up a good point about uh, preparedness, and uh, I'm looking at the uh, the overall view of uh, Puerto Rico, and it looks like it's completely wiped out. What the hell could you prepare for? Anything that you prepare for, uh, it'd be wiped out. So what are you doing in you, a situation like that? You have to look at, they were talking about that, I've heard it said now, it'll be 20 years before it can get back to where it was. Uh -huh. And it was already 20 years behind that. So by the time you spend the next 20 years getting it to where it is now, it was already 20 years behind or more. So you're going to be like 70, 80 years behind. And you have to then go in and be able to, fix the infrastructure. So if that means beefing up your power plants so they don't get flooded or, or you lay cable, power cables in way so the power doesn't go out or you do something different with the water. And, you know, it's a big business now. Disaster preparedness. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in about three minutes and we'll wrap this thing up. But it is, ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children. What's Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family because you can handle the truth. It's time for you to have your own custom smartphone app for your business and pay way less than you can imagine. Introducing the I Can Get To Silent Salesman mobile marketing app, a global mobile marketing and communication tool for your business. Go to appsapart.com and learn how you could earn up to $36,351 or more per month just by inviting two people or less into a $14.95 per month program. Go to appsapart.com and be sure to watch the video at the top of the site and listen to the audio message from the CEO near the bottom. 
This is something you won't want to miss. Go to appsapart.com now or call 646-860-9540. That's 646-860-9540. Get the I can get too. That's I-C-A-N-G-E-T, the number two, silent salesman app at appsapart.com. That's A-P-P-S-A-P-A-R-T.com. You've probably heard about all the great benefits of goat milk soap. But did you know, some companies take shortcuts. At Old New England Soap, we make our organic goat's milk soap using 36% goat's milk. That's 17% more than most others. Our bars are larger, so they last longer, producing lots of lather packed with vitamins. And our soap is a natural moisturizer that smooths dry and damaged skin. Order online at oldnesoap.com. That's oldnesoap.com. You've tried the rest. Now try the best. Oldnesoap.com. Water-based soaps on supermarket shelves use harsh chemical acids to break down dead skin cells. And that's just not good for you. At Old New England Soap, our soaps are made without chemical ingredients, contain no alcohol or petroleum products, and use 85% organic materials and carry the USDA's organic certification. Try some today. Go to oldnesoap.com. That's oldnesoap.com. Oldnesoap.com. And we got a caller on the line, Mark. Are you there? Mark? Uh, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what, what I see in this, and <clears throat> with any disaster of any sort, is uh, I'm in Florida. Take the state of Florida. You got a governor. You got a cabinet. You got a thousand county commissioners. You got ten thousand mayors. You got all these people that are supposed to know what they're doing and everything about their city or their county and where the high ground is, the low ground is. This uh, mayor of uh, San Juan, she has no clue of anything about her city except how she wants to hand out welfare to people. Because obviously, from from the way she talks, she she doesn't know how to do anything except promise people free stuff that's handed to her by a government. She's not capable of taking care of herself. In every state, if the state needs the federal government to tell them how to fix their disaster, they're incompetent. They don't belong there. They should not be in government. Now, I can see an earthquake where there's something you know, that nobody can fix. And the, the mayor got mashed over. He died in this, the stuff, and the police chief died. And then you got to, you know, bring people in to help, but not to control, because the people, me, I am responsible for myself. And I might need some help, but I've got to take measures to take care of me. And then I can help my neighbors, or I can't. But everyone has... Everyone is responsible for themselves. Right. You know, she should she should know the roads, the roads in the town and out of town and up the mountain and down the mountain and where it needs cleared. The power is going to be off for a month because you can't turn it on until everything's ready to be turned on or you're going to blow something up. And she should know this instead of crying like a baby. She should be directing where things need to go and where things can go. It's amazing how how they put on the, the, the crybabies to make us feel all so bad 
Trump ain't going to go down there and direct anything. He has no idea what Puerto Rico is. He can right. offer, here's some food and water, fix it yourself. And that, that's what I would say. Fix it yourself. Here's some food, here's some you water. Make, here's make, a, 20 you make a valid point, Mark. You make a very valid point. Susan, are you on the line? Susan dropped. Okay. Well, Mark, uh, you have a good one, and uh, tune in next week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll hit some more topics that uh, might well, be. Thank uh, you very much. Alrighty. All right, Doug, are you still there? I'm here. Thanks for coming on to the show. I appreciate it. Gave us a lot of information, and that's basically what I wanted. I wanted the man on the uh, on the street to uh, give me the uh, information that I uh, that I request. And I know it's not fake. It's real. Uh, these uh, news agencies now, I mean, it's a crapshoot. You don't know what's real. Like I said, uh, if you heard the beginning of the show, uh, CNN had about six shots, and they kept going back to those shots. Of course, the hurricane had already moved on. It wasn't as uh, bad as it was in the earlier part. But... Uh, they kept going through those six shots. Now, aren't they supposed to be moving around and looking at different spots or trying to get ahead of the hurricane or something? I don't know. Anyway, Doug, thanks a lot for being on the show. And, Thank uh, you, man. And everybody else, you, uh, you take care and stay safe. for you to have your own custom smartphone app for your business and pay way less than you can imagine. Introducing the I Can Get To Silent Salesman mobile marketing app, a global mobile marketing and communication tool for your business. Go to appsapart.com and learn how you could earn up to $36,351 or more per month just by inviting two people or less into a $14.95 per month program. Go to appsapart.com and be sure to watch the video at the top of the site and listen to the audio message from the CEO near the bottom. This is something you won't want to miss. Go to appsapart.com now or call 646-860-9540. That's 646-860-9540. Get the I Can Get 2. That's I-C-A-N-G-E-T, the number 2, silent salesman app at appsapart.com. That's A-P-P-S-A-P-A-R-T dot com. This is R-B-N. The Republic Broadcasting Network.